We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from New Athens, Illinois. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from South St. Louis, uh, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. And I'm not serving anybody. I'm just retired. <laughs> you're just retired. <laughs> if you're up out of bed before 10 o'clock, you're doing good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt, we, we got to do something because you have just th- this is this is a fortuitous circumstance. You have chosen a text today that my wife and I were commenting on just a few days ago. That somebody needs to talk about this text because it's an incredibly different. In fact, it almost makes you think, Paul. You know, I usually agree with you, but I don't. I think you might be wrong on this one. Yeah. Uh, it, well, I'll tell you what happened, John. It, yeah. I was looking ahead to Epiphany, so we're in the season of Epiphany right now, and looking at the lectionary readings, the assigned readings for Epiphany, and I thought, well, you know, First Corinthians keeps coming up. It's the epistle reading, yeah. you know, again and again and again each weekend. So let's do this. Let's just tell the congregation we're going to dig into First Corinthians. Uh, we're going to study the background of the book, and then each week we're going to look at the epistle reading, which is what we've been doing. Uh, but I didn't look ahead at what the readings actually uh-huh. were because they, like you said, they're they're tough. Uh, the one we're going to look at today, and the the one after that, and we'll see what we have time to discuss uh, on this episode. But uh, there are some tough ones, so that'll teach me next time. I got to look ahead at what those <laughs> readings are. <laughs> no, it's been good. It's been good to wrestle with, and I've enjoyed it. And hopefully, the congregation has put up with it. So, well, well, I, I'm excited about it because, like I said, it was something that we said we should talk about, and then lo and behold, now we're going to do this. But before we have to share a few more of my father-in-law Jerry's jokes, because next Wednesday, when we uh, meet with uh, our our dear listeners, it'll be Lent. And of course, we kind of have the tradition of setting aside, well, not completely, but, you know, we don't do as many jokes and not so much on the humor uh, during the season. So we we need to get these in before. (laughs) First things first, that's right. (laughs) So so do you still have the list? I sent them to you. Is there anyone that you would like to begin begin with? You bet. You bet. So here's a, a, a mar- the marriage counselor says, your wife says you never buy her flowers. Is that true? Uh, to which the, the husband answers, well, to be honest, I never knew she sold flowers. <laughs> I, I, I like that one, too. I heard well, flowers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here's one. Says, as we said, some of them, uh, Jerry's tend to focus on being old. When I was, when I was a kid, I wanted to be older. This is not what I expected. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> you, you got another one, man. So here's one about a 2020. As we know, it's been a challenging year. Uh, but uh, can we all agree that in 2015, not a single person got the answer correct to, where do you see yourself five years from now? <laughs> I, did not, I did not see myself wearing a mask everywhere I go. Uh, so so here's another one, as long as we're doing the, the, the wife jokes. Here's another one that tickled me. My wife asked me to take her to one of those restaurants where they make the food right in front of you. 
So I took her to Subway, and that's how the fight started. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's enough. We'll save those, Jerry. We'll we'll use some more of those after Lent. <laughs> but, that's right. Something to look uh, forward to. Uh, uh, all right. So so here's the passage. Tell us what the passage is. I'll read it, and you don't need to. It, it's just a difficult passage. When when Lynn and I heard this, because it was the text, like you said from a couple of Sundays ago, we thought. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. And of course, I'm glad you preached on it because the, the pastor we were listening to, in fact, the two pastors we were listening to were smart, unlike you. <laughs> and they didn't even touch the thing. They preached <laughs> on the gospel reading. That's, <laughs> Good right. for them. that's, that's what I would have done. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> fools rush in, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> fools rush in. What's the passage? And all I'll right, John. It's a First Corinthians chapter seven, uh, verses, and we're going to focus on uh, just verses twenty nine through thirty one because I think that's enough. <laughs> so yes, it is. First Corinthians seven twenty nine to thirty one. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, for the present form of the world is passing away. All right. Did you? I, how far did you want me to read? Was that no, it? That, Matt? That's good. That's enough. Okay. Yeah. That is plenty, John. Yeah. <laughs> and it was interesting. We had the wife jokes in there. <laughs> oh yeah, the wife. Yeah. How appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but that's the thing. We we read this, and I think we're left sort of scratching our heads, saying, "What are you talking about, Paul? What is this business about living as if you have no wife, mourning as if you're not mourning, buying as if you have no goods? Uh, what is going on here?" Uh, I think the way I'd like to approach this is by looking at the words that that section of scripture starts with and ends with, because I think that how Paul begins and ends really helps us better understand how to interpret what's sort of sandwiched in the middle there of those verses. You, you so, are right. I, I'm glad you point that out, because as I look at that text in front of me, it is bookend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, context is so important when reading the Bible. <laughs> and, oh, really? And, <laughs> yes. I, if so, if you're not aware of that, dear listener, um, yeah, please don't just uh, pull out a verse here or there, but look at the context. And I think this is a great example of you need to look at what's surrounding these words. Uh, so here we go. So verse 29, how does it begin? Uh, Paul says, uh, the appointed time has grown very short. The time is short. And then that section ends with, for the present form of this world is passing away. So he begins, the time is short, the present form is passing away. And then in the middle, really what he's doing is sort of giving examples of what does that mean? What does that mean for everyday life? Or what does that mean when it, when it comes to how we live out our life? So the, the the time is short. The present form of this world is passing away. Uh, I think that we can think of that as, you know, I think a good example is this. Uh, sometimes uh, someone who has uh, a terminal illness, uh, someone who is is dying, someone who, who knows they're dying even, they have a, a way of perhaps looking at the world a little differently. Um, there's sort of a, a change in perspective, a change in priorities when someone knows that, that their time is short. Uh, and maybe even for those in their lives too, spouses and others, uh, there's a little different change in perspective in how life is lived when that realization is there. 
Um, and, and as I say that, John, I realize, you know, in your life, your own life, and I think of your your uh, your wife, Jan, uh, you know, who's passed away. Um, certainly, you know more about this than I do, because because you've lived that and, and you've been there. But, you know, I got to think there's just a change of perspective on life. Well, there there is, Matt. There is. But now you're making me uncomfortable because I'll tell you this much. I wouldn't want to live my life doing that kind of perspective day in and day out. Because that was that was a really really difficult time, knowing that things were going to come to an end, uh, but not knowing exactly when, but knowing that they were going to be sooner than later. You bet. Uh, and and you know what? When I had my heart attack a year ago, yeah, uh, that was you know that was kind of part of it too. It does, but but now at this point, see now it doesn't anymore. I, I'm back to just living my life the way I was before. But for a time, because it really doesn't make you think. Oh, maybe I'm I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Uh, as long as I thought I was, yeah, yeah, and and hold on to that because you, you said, yeah, because I, I think you make a good point. This this is not exactly the same as what Paul's saying here, right? Yeah. This is just a comparison. What I'm bringing up, Paul's not talking yeah. about death here. He's talking about something else. So so we'll hold on to that. Um, I the the, the example that came to my mind as I preached on this was a, a country music song <laughs> uh, from Tim McGraw. He has this song where he talks about, and maybe you've heard it. Some of our listeners may have heard it too. It's been out for a while, uh, but it's about this guy who's in his early forties and has um, just been diagnosed with with cancer, and it affects how he lives his life now. And so the song talks about the, the one line. Uh, he talks about how he goes skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing. Uh, it says he was went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then, that also says he loves deeper and spoke sweeter and gave forgiveness that I've been denying. Um, you know, the, the point of those lines and why I share that is when you know that perhaps uh, the end is in sight. It gives you a change in perspective. It affects how you live now. So Paul's saying here in these verses, I think, live as someone whose time is short. Live as someone whose time is short. But but here's the difference, and it's a big difference. We don't live our lives as those whose time is short because of death. Um, Paul's saying here we live our lives as people whose time is short because of Jesus' return. All right. So there's a difference there. We're not living that way because of our impending death. We're living that way because of Jesus' impending return. And so we're not really living like we're dying, like that that country music song says, but we're living like we're we're living because we are. We have life eternal now and and we'll realize that even more as Jesus returns. And so again, you know, Paul says, uh, the appointed time has grown very short. The present form of this world is passing away. Yeah, so live not as though we're going to die, but live as knowing we're going to live forever. Live knowing that Jesus' return is drawing near. The time is short. Um, I think of Romans 13 where Paul says to um, similar message. He says, the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And we can each say that, every Christian. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed because... Christ's return is nearer now than when we, we first believed. The time is growing short. Um, so so that's that's part of what Paul's saying here. That's the the framework to look at the, the rest of this passage. Any comments, John, or anything? Yeah, well, you might, yeah, and I, I really appreciate what you're saying, because if your perspective is, I'm going to die, and that's the end of it, 
then you're going to ride a bull, bull called Fu Manchu. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I do not think is what we are exhorting people to do here on Wrestling with the Basics. By the way, did we even say what this show was at the beginning? Probably not. No. Probably not. Well, now it's out. <laughs> There's no going back now. <laughs> it's too late, people. You've already listened to us for 10 minutes. You might as well continue. Uh, um, but on the other hand, the other sentiments he had about forgiveness and love, well, yeah, because that, that's what's always struck me. I, I really probably should be concerned about the people that are around me now because I'm going to be with these people for an eternity. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Way to put it, yeah. I'm not going to say goodbye to them and that'll be it. They're not just strangers that I'm passing, but no, these are people that that I will know and, and uh, uh, visit with and, and, and enjoy companionship with for forever in heaven. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think connected to that is if we're the ones, if we're dying, uh, like the guy in the song, maybe we would just want to grab as much gusto as we can yeah. <laughs> on our way out, live it up. Uh, but if we're living as people whose time is short because Jesus is coming back, well, all of a sudden uh, that end time, Jesus' return doesn't just affect me like death might just affect me. No, his return affects me and my spouse and my neighbor and my coworkers. And so, yeah, treat them with love, like you said, and also make sure they're ready for that return. <laughs> you know, we want them to be prepared for Christ's return. And so as much as we are able, share the gospel, share Christ, so that they too are ready and live like people whose time is short, just like we do. Uh, live with that knowledge, that hope. So, so the word, the theological word that's used a lot of times is called eschatology. Oh, so yes. Yeah. The land times. Live your life, I would say, eschatologically. Uh, people who are just aware that Jesus could come back at any moment uh, to judge the living and the dead and to, to make that new heavens and new earth, that, that restoration that's promised. Um, and so live that way now. Uh, people who confess who Christ is, that he's died, he's risen, he's, he's coming again. Um, and, yeah, and, go and ahead. That, I, I was going to say, I'd add a little little nuance on what you just said there, too, because yeah. uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, since we know we're going to be with these people eternally, certainly we want to share Jesus, and particularly the, the love that Jesus has for us and for them, uh, and, and and not to exclude the words about that as well. Yeah, no, to, to testify, to, to welcome them, to, to worship with us and everything. On the other hand, See, that makes me feel a little anxious because I'm thinking, oh, man, what if somebody goes to hell because I forgot or I didn't or I was scared, uh, you know, whatever. I was reluctant to to uh, maybe bring up the topic. And, and, and I just want to assure our listeners, you don't need to worry about that, <laughs> okay? Because people's salvation is not dependent upon any one person. Obviously, yeah, the Lord wants us to let people know we just think he's a really good, loving, merciful forgiving God. Uh, but if we fail to do that, trust me, he'll get somebody else. <laughs> All right? Because no one's salvation is going to be dependent on what we say or do not say. Uh, but then again, the ditch there is that that could be an excuse for us thinking, well, then I'm just not going to say anything about it at all. Well, no, that isn't what you want to do either. But let's just remember, God's got this all sorted out. 
and, and uh, you and I, Matt, are Christians because God put people in our lives. And, and yeah, it's good to remember we're the people that he's, we've put in other people's lives, too. Uh, but just don't get really anxious about it, because if should we fail, God will send somebody else. Trust me, he, man, that's such a cover to me to know that no one's going to go to hell because I forgot to witness the way I should witness. Uh, or was even reluctant to do so because of my own coward, cowardice. Yeah, I, I like the example of that Jesus gives of the sower and the seed, for instance. They were oh, called yeah. to sow the seed of the word. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, but the way in which that the seed takes root or perhaps doesn't take root, uh, that's that's not up to us. That's that's in the hands of someone much mightier than I, in the hands of the Holy Spirit. And uh, thanks be to God for that. Yeah, that's the line from the Lutheran Confessions I always loved. The Holy Spirit works faith when and where it pleases Him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, not us, not us. Yeah, that's a good illustration, Matt. We just we just let people know God loves them. That's what we're trying to do in wrestling with the basics. We have no other goal other than stupid jokes <laughs> to let people know there really is a God who's control, and He's a God of mercy and forgiveness, and He He wants nothing more than that everyone would spend an eternity with Him, uh, and with their loved ones, and and where that works, faith, great, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, you know, I, I the, the other thing I was going to just share, John, is that that knowledge that that Jesus is going to return, that that it's imminent. Uh, that future promise changes, I think, our present reality, or at least it should. Yeah. Knowing that that the time is short, as Paul says, uh, that the present form of this world is passing away, that should change how we live today. And, and not just living for self, but living living for the Lord and living for others, too. Uh, there was a, uh, I, I think this, this relates even in parenting. That's kind of the vocation, the area I'm going to pick up on, how that, that might change how we do that, how we're a spouse, how we're a parent. There is this uh, radio program that did sort of an informal survey of 1,500 parents. And they just simply asked the question, uh, what's the number one thing you want for your kids when they grow up? What's the number one thing you want for your kids when they grow up? And our listeners can kind of think over that too, what the hell they might answer. But here's some of the top answers. The number one answer was, I want my children to be, what do you think? Happy. Rich. Happy. <laughs> happy. Happy. Yeah, yeah. Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy. And maybe 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 they're thinking that maybe they think that those two things equate with each other, happy and rich. Well, uh, you happy. know, rich so they can take care of me in my old age. Well, there you go. <laughs> I know. Thinking a little self-serving. It's still pretty much selfish. Yeah, that's it's all self-serving. But but okay, happy. Yeah, I can buy yeah. that. But them to be happy. Uh, there is sort of the, the other top ones. To be healthy. Uh, here, here's the the rich one. I want them the way they worded it to be financially stable. All right, whatever that means. Okay, yeah. Uh, which isn't bad. Uh, to find a career they enjoy. And, and here's a, here's here's how they word this next one: to be lucky in love <laughs> and, <laughs> and not have their hearts broken is is what it goes on to say. Yeah. Um, so again, I think those are all good things, right? You know, to be financially stable that's not a bad thing, and healthy and certainly happy those are good things. But I think when we live with that perspective that Paul sets before us, if we live as people whose time is short with that future promise of Christ's return, that changes our reality. That changes uh, what we might want for our kids, at least the top priorities for our kids as they grow up. You know, for them to know the unconditional love of Jesus for them, uh, to know that Jesus died for them and, and every last one of their sins, uh, to, to know that their time too is short. 
um, and to want to be with them in the new heavens and the new earth, to, to spend eternity with them. I mean, as a parent, I don't know if there's any greater thing I want for my children than to be with the Lord for eternity. Um, uh, so again, uh, I think Paul is calling us to really put into perspective how we live our lives now in light of Christ's return. And certainly one way we do that is in our vocations as, as moms and dads, husbands and wives, um, and, and so on. And, uh, and Matt, yeah. I, you know, you, you asked earlier about uh, having my, had my experience, my near death, my brush with death. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that is one of the biggest changes that still remains. Like I said, a lot of the changes you realize, oh, OK, I, I'm, I'm healthy again. Uh, but but yeah, that's the one thing I, I really, really want to be with my kids. I want to be with my kids in, in, in heaven. That was the one change that that really emphasized. Uh, so I, I agree. Uh, and again, though, let me, for those out there who have kids that maybe they're not sure about, let me let me add that word of comfort again, though. It's not up to us. It really is in the hands of the Lord. And and I, I always rejoice in the fact that Jesus actually loves my kids more than I love them. And if I really, really want them to be in heaven, you know, he wants it even more. And he will literally move heaven and earth that that will happen. And, and the sad thing, we may not get to see that in our lifetime as parents. Because you as a pastor know a lot of times people don't really come to faith until they're facing death. Until they're struggling with the things that you're talking about. The fact that the world really is going to come to an end. <laughs> you know, yep. that the present form is passing away. A lot of people don't really embrace uh, the love of the Lord until those instances. So maybe... That may be what it is with our kids, you know, just like the thief on the cross. I'm sure his parents probably despaired of him and worried about him time and time again. But in the end, the Lord said, no, I got him. I got him. Uh, it's going to be a strange way, but he'll he'll be in heaven with you, too. So I share that with a comfort to all the parents out there who are anxious about where their children will be. Yeah. You yeah. just got to let the Lord do his thing. And if we can be part of that, well, then God help us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of parents that have that that exact same concern. Yeah. I would just want to say one other thing before, as we wrap up is um, it, this. It does not mean that the things of this world um, are completely unimportant. Right. And don't matter anymore because we're just living as though Jesus is going to return and we can forget our present responsibilities and, and this life really isn't that important. Well, now that's not it either. Um, so we, every day as we live with that truth before us, that, that Jesus is returning, I think in a way, those ordinary matters of the world, they kind of dwindle in significance a little bit. Uh, but I think a better way to say it is they, they take on the significant that should really be, significance that should really be there is in light of Jesus' return. In other words, we, we kind of give things the, the priority that they deserve rather than uh, too high of a priority. Um, but we, ask, we don't want to ignore those things either. So, for instance, Paul's not saying in our reading today uh, that marriage and mourning and buying and selling the things he listed are unimportant, right? No, he would affirm that marriage is very important. But he's just simply reminding us that they're not of of ultimate importance, that we should look at all those vocations and all those things of life uh, through the lens of Christ's return, that the time is growing short. And then that changes how we we fulfill those vocations. And perhaps we even view them as, as more precious in some ways, too, in light of Jesus' return. So, yeah, we don't want to live our lives just for the here and now. 
Uh, but at the same time, we don't want to live as monks either. You know, just just in thinking uh, that the things of this world are completely unimportant and be avoided. But we want to look at the things of this world, live out our lives and our day to day vocations with the proper significance that they should have in light of Jesus' return. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, we want to avoid those ditches <laughs> on either side um, and to, to really view things in light of the significance they have in light of Jesus' return, to truly live our lives as people who are living now and for all eternity, and to see that future reality of Christ's return as something that shapes how we live right now in our lives. You know, Paul later on has this phrase, secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. And I would think if we have that devotion to the Lord, then we would also be devoted to our wives, our husbands, and our children, because those are the ones that the Lord has given us. So, yeah. Well, Matt, thank you for that discussion. Uh, this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.